The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Welcome to another edition of the Street Lawn Podcast. Um, this is Caroline filling in as the host yet again for Pierce. He will soon be back, I promise you. And I can go back to, hey, uh, as my intro. So I'm excited about that. But I am joined today by my good friend, Paul. Paul, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing your moves. <laughs> it's just the two of us today. So we'll just jump right into it. Um, Paul, you had a kind of a big day today. You I did have a big day today. You realized something. Um, I did. And I, is it too big to say life-changing? Because I feel like it could be life-changing. It's like, it's, I, I, I'll, we'll say life-altering. I'm not going to say it's going to change the entire course of, of career and, and, and family and such, but it definitely, it, I was able to, to put a pinpoint on exactly what it, something that had been unsettling for such a long time that it, it it's, it's mostly a relief. Okay. Um, and that's, Luke May looks like Cavman. <laughs> I have been my like the entire time Luke May has been at North Carolina. So and like seven years now. Right, exactly. Yeah. The entire, you know, thirty-four years, you know, that he's played for <laughs> Dean Smith and then Matt Doherty. Um I it's there's something about Luke May that you look at and go, that's you know, there's the, the concept of the uncanny valley that when something is really, really close to reality, but it's just a little bit off is actually when it's at its most unsettling. And there's <laughs> Luke May's face, just Luke May's face is right in that valley. And I couldn't figure out why. And then Tate Frazier tweeted out the Carolina team picture today and sitting right there, dead front and center is his big old Cavman head. And I finally <laughs> figured it out. And I've got a thing about, I don't like mascots. I've never liked mascots. People, what? I, they're weird. I don't, I'm not generally. Like none big, of them? Like overt shows of enthusiasm. Not a fan. Like it's not a, I think it's coming from my soul thing. Like you and Lauren have with, uh, who is it? Purdue Pete and the Providence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't, I don't like Santa either. I, that's a whole, we can get into that. But like mall Santa's not a fan. Well, no, um, so I don't like mascots, but Cavman's fine because it's ours. Sure. But Luke May looks like Cavman, and that's why I've always found him unsettling. And I figured this out today, and I'm really happy about it. I'm super happy for you. I still go with a young Kenny Rogers because that's just one I can't like. Oh. Yeah, I can't unsee it. Yeah. Um, but I did really appreciate it because I think what makes him look more like Cavman is the way that he does the beard. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's really the thing that, and he does have a, you know, it's the cheeks, it's the face. high round yeah. cheeks that the, I finally, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, no, it. it's not. I mean, this is of course not the first 
basketball player Cavman overlap, given that <laughs> pre current Cavman face, it was the Jason Kane look. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. A solid five, ten years. Absolutely. Not a good look, Cavman. And not and that's not a knock on Jason Kane, though I will say that the stash of Jason Kane rock was not necessarily like, you know. My fave did did uh, inspire the song "Rock in the Stash," which shout out to my old uh, college buddies Nick and Mike for. Uh, not that either <laughs> of us were old enough to have been in college. Well, no, definitely not. Definitely not so me. Definitely in our definitely young, young childhood. The same year yes. as as Jason Kane, and I definitely do not have one of the Jason Kane T-shirts where they're making the hand signals. Um, that was awesome though. That was a fun. That was like back in the days before the kids these days. You know how good they have it. Yeah. <laughs> like being ranked in the top 10 every year correct um, where like, Woo, top 25 <laughs> yeah, large where jason kane like tipped in that shot at clemson <laughs> i remember i was late for a club lacrosse meeting because i was like i'm not leaving my house because i have to see how this turns out um and kids kids out there google jason kane greatest hits he's fantastic um but yeah, that's a big very, very, very pro Jason Kane here on Streaking the Line. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Brian, let's get Jason Kane on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> get to get to beef up our basketball him down. Find where he is. Um, but a little some other news that came out today in basketball, and just while we're on the topic, as uh, hope everyone everyone is enjoying the countdown series, which is going on now. We are four weeks i think we're at 28 days today i'm at time of recording um until the season starts there are going to be a couple secret slash not so secret scrimmages because they always get leaked um mostly by good goodman from the stadium now i guess he's with um richmond and villanova paul what's your take on those two not so secret scrimmages i feel like the villanova scrimmage is getting to the point of being it's like the Rocky Creed thing that there's like, there's always that rumor of the third fight. Like I feel like there's these Virginia Villanova games that everybody has like the two that have been played in the regular season were phenomenal mm. games. Great game. Everybody's been wanting to see it as you know, everybody, a lot of people had it pegged as a late in the tournament game last year. Um, but then the tournament never happened. So right. Exactly. We, you, know, you win the weird. ACC tournament and you just, you get to stay home. Cancel the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Weird. Um, so it does have that, yeah, it's like now it's getting to the point of like the the Rocky Creed fight after Rocky like tripped and sprained his ankle. Like there is a little bit of like how how much does that still, how much weight does that still carry? Obviously it's going to be a great measuring stick for this team. You've got traditional, you know, year in and year out the best offense in the country going in, going up against year in and year out the best defense in the country. Um, I don't think we need to tell everyone which one's which in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we'll take some notes um, on, on how to have an offense. Um, <laughs> all right. Easy. Buddy. All right. Easy. Okay. I'm not allowed to talk basketball now. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. It's a good measuring stick. I wish, I think Villanova's the series I most would like to see them bring back. And then probably I want to keep going with, um, I really like the the West Virginia one too. I think that's always a good barometer just by introducing other styles of play which is why i also like that um tony bennett's committed to keeping vcu um on the schedule least frequently i'd almost rather like while that one's cool like it was maybe more cool when shaka was there and they're a little bit better is that i don't want to like no that's fine like rile i think i think you can drop vcu into a rotation of other other virginia schools at this point yeah uh you know the lower tier schools like william and mary and odu and tech 
Um, <laughs> there it is. I love it. There you go. I, but the point about like seeing different styles, I actually, I, I was thinking this last year uh, in the like myriad thoughts after the game that didn't happen um, is I want to see him play Marshall like every year while D'Antonio's there. Man, just... I'm terrified of that game this year. Exactly. But it's, yeah. I think it's going to be so good for them to, it's, you know, it's the, it's the basketball equivalent of playing Georgia tech or like playing, yeah. Yeah. playing Georgia Southern at the beginning of the year. Cause you know, you got to play Georgia tech at the end of the year. Yeah. It's, I think it's a, it's a, you know, exposing how do we respond to that kind of style when the pressure's not on and we can make some more adjustments and, and it's a, a, a low, not a low importance game, but like a low leverage game. You yeah. can you can see how different pieces work up against that style. Yeah, that Marshall one's the one of the biggest ones I have circled on the non-conference this year, so it should be good. Um, yeah, November 6th, we're coming up. The blue-white scrimmage is coming up this weekend in Charlottesville. It's part of the homecoming act festivities, homecomings festivities in Charlottesville. On Saturday, that game is at 2, so if you're in the area for the football game, Swing by, check it out. Parking's free, all that good stuff. Um, we'll, of course, have coverage for you on Street Milan after that takes place. But the big marquee event this coming weekend is, of course, the football game. We got a night game on ESPN2. Uh, Miami's coming to town. They have been doing very well lately. Uh, one loss on the season. That was when they opened up against LSU. Um, that's obviously a tough game because LSU's good. <laughs> Um, they're number 16 in the country right now, Miami, five and one, two and oh in the conference. The Virginia is coming, the Virginia is coming off of a bye week. Um, Paul, they talked about being angry on the bye week. So like Bronco was saying that now his teams don't get sad when they lose, they get mad. Uh, what's your take on that? How does that make you feel? Um, I like that. I wish that they would be healthy during the bye week. Um, <laughs> I know you can't really practice that, but uh, I would trade, you know, ten percent anger for ten percent health at this point. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, it's we we've, we've talked ad nauseum about the mentality change in the team and and how they respond when uh, when the chips start to fall and, and <laughs> the difference between um, here we go again in the negative sense of oh god here we go again versus all right here we go again. Like we've, we've faced yeah. some adversity and we know how to come back from it. So hearing the, you know, we lost, damn it, we shouldn't, as opposed to we lost, damn it, that's all we know. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I, I find that really encouraging. How about you? Absolutely. I, I love, I'm all for, I think you can absolutely see the difference in that mindset from year one to year two. And then especially also from year two to year three under Bronco and like what he's doing. Just the, like you said, the like shit, like the body language of the team and the way that they're handling things as it goes on. I think you could really see that last year against Georgia Tech in the game that they actually became bowl eligible, where Georgia Tech kept responding or taking the lead and, and Virginia came up with something. And at no point in that last game against NC State was there any quit, um, which is what you want to see, I guess. I mean, no moral, no moral victories, but I guess take them where you can get them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that there's legitimately – there are no games left on the schedule that I think are not at least in some way winnable for this Virginia squad. Um, Miami's coming off of a 28-27 win over um, FSU in a game that FSU led 27-7. to um, 
do you think what was have your impressions of Miami changed coming off of that game knowing how that game played out when it comes to like they fell behind to a clearly struggling FSU team this year but yeah I mean it certainly did I mean you've to the extent here's Miami's schedule this year LSU lose by more than two touchdowns and should have should, maybe should have lost by more than that. Then Savannah State, Toledo, FIU, North Carolina, and what looks like the worst Florida State team we've seen in 10, 20 years. Yeah, uh, it's not strong. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, they've been racking up 20, 30-point victories over a lot of these teams. But, you know, the one time they got really tested, they got their butts kicked. So seeing them fall behind – I thought started to say a lot about the team, but also seeing how they responded and came back and beat a team that they should have beaten much more handily than that. Um, but you know, wins a win and win counts. Uh, the thing that I'm hoping for is that that creates a little bit of a letdown scenario yeah. from the end of this week. I that's I think the best case scenario for Virginia is getting up early. Um, or staying neck and neck until late. Um, that if the, if they fall behind early, I don't see Miami letting a team back in the game once they've kind of regained their composure a little bit. Yeah. But if you know if they're looking, pa- yeah, they're looking past Virginia is not really right because they got a bye next week. But if they're if their head's not entirely in the game, yeah. Um, I think that's really going to give Virginia the chance to, to do something. Um, do you think it's more likely to be a letdown game or a that comeback got them refocused? Um, I think what I – that's a good question. I was thinking along the lines of I, I wanted this the whole time. I was like, I hope it's really emotional and hard fought. Because the other piece right. of it that I think is important to point out is saying, okay, yes – this is one of the worst Florida state teams that we've seen in recent history, but also it's still a rivalry game. And when it's a rivalry game, things can get weird. Um, And there was a lot of that. So like, you never want to discount a rivalry game unless apparently it's between Virginia and Virginia Tech because then Tech wins every time. Sorry. Um, But you know what I mean? Like there's always that extra people, like maybe the FSU kids get up more for that one, or there's just always some weird stuff that happens in rivalry games. Um, I was hoping for like a super emotional, um, close game that Miami kind of eked out and like, maybe they won't look so hard at the things that they messed up on because they're so stoked about, <laughs> well, you know, Mark Richt is a professional, so I'm, I'm <laughs> sure that he's not like, woo, we won. Everything's fine. We have nothing to fix. Um, but I think there's more of a chance of a letdown and the fact that I just think Virginia's when, when I say a better football team I mean better than what Virginia has been not necessarily a better football team than Miami but you add in Virginia coming off of a buy and getting some rest and refocusing after a loss um, having time to recuperate some of those players that were potentially injured and coach Mendenhall said that he actually spent some time in the bye week breaking up with some plays that he sadly didn't think would work anymore so I kind of <laughs> like that description of it um, I think it was David Hale, the ESPN writer, who was like, oh, man, if it's like other people I know, he probably got – well, he wouldn't get drunk and text the old plays and see if they want to get back together. But <laughs> the tweet was great. Um, but, yeah, I think that there's something to be said about, like, coming home and having a big game. There's going to be recruits there. Um, 
so maybe not as much as a letdown, but more like Virginia, I think, is going to be hyped and ready to play this game. Um, when you look at it, what's the biggest key for you, Paul, for Virginia to find a win in this game? Uh, I think finding a way to, to hit on their big plays. Um, looking at the, the advanced stats profile, which we, we love here, um, UVA's offense is – 18th in the country in ISO PPP. So that is of plays that are successful um, defined by, I think it's getting half the yards you need on first down, basically, basically staying ahead of schedule of the plays that are successful. How explosive are they? How much do they contribute to your, your likelihood to win uh, or how many ex- points above the expected do you get from that play? Virginia is 18th in the country. Miami's defense is 91st Ooh. in the metric. So this is, you know, we've seen those, the, the big plays of it's get a guy in space. We've started to, we've talked about it several times in the podcast, the starting to get guys behind the defense a little bit. Uh, it's been Tavares Kelly the last couple of games. Uh, we've seen Dubois, that the Dubois uh, be able to to reel in some some long catches, and and Perkins really starting to develop a rhythm with those guys. So that I think is uh, protecting Perkins against a very aggressive, yeah. very good defense. Um, if they can protect a little bit, um, I think there's a chance that they. Um, can pull out a win no that makes sense I think that's actually one of the things I'm most concerned about is when I was watching that defensive line get to DeAndre Francois time and time again and really make his life miserable um and I think there's some obviously they have the turnover chain for a reason and they and I know Bud Elliott our SB Nation recruiting guy talks a lot about the fact that Turnovers are a very luck-based thing. There's a lot of things that go into it. It's not necessarily always something you can game plan around, like, oh, we'll just force turnovers. Um, but limiting dumb mistakes that lead to turnovers is going to be huge. Like, we just can't give a team like Miami extra opportunities um, would be, like, one of the biggest things. I'm just – I'm concerned that I think, again, this is going to be played in the trenches. Can Virginia get any sort of running game going? Can yeah. they protect? Can they protect Bryce Perkins enough? Um, and can they force um, Nikosi Perry to have to make plays? Because yeah. that's another thing. He's a he's a very talented quarterback, but relatively untested. I don't know if that's even the right word to say. If untested is the right thing, but no, I think he's that's not right. the most accurate dude. Like if yeah, you they, pressure on him, he will overthrow the ball. Yeah, they've got. Here's a, a combination of things you don't particularly want to see with a young, uh, but are kind of expected with a young quarterback is a completion rate that is in the bottom 30, 30 in the country. um, And a sack rate that is among the bottom 30 in the country. That means you're getting to the court your teams are getting to your quarterback. um, And when they do, they're causing, he's, he's getting himself into bad throws and, and getting himself into bad throws, even when he's not getting pressured. Um, So I, that's, you know, the, the, on the flip side of, of protecting Perkins against an aggressive defense and trying to hit big plays, can the pass rush get itself reestablished for Virginia? Yeah. Um, can those guys that have had to have been pressed into action in recent weeks, will another week of, of practice and working together get them to the point that they can put in some more exotic blitz packages like, like Bronco likes to run um, and, and get after Perry and force him into bad decisions? 
Yeah, and that's another spot, like, again, back to the turnovers, is this could be a good week for some of those guys in the secondary to pick off some of those ducks if the if the Snowdens of the world can make Nikosi Perry's life a living hell a little bit there um, to really cause some damage out there in the secondary. Um, I don't know. I mean, you look at it, and this is another one that doesn't necessarily need to be a must-win for Virginia. Um, they're three and two, one and one in conference, and all of the remaining games are still of the coastal variety. <laughs> um, so they've played their two Atlantic games, and now uh, I read something today where they talked about you know the biggest test for Miami coming up. You know, with Virginia and Virginia Tech as contenders to mess up their claim for the coastal. That's fun to read, and it's legit because you look down the line, and you still have the back half relatively loaded backloaded with teams that are very beatable with duke georgia tech pitt um oh north carolina <laughs> um and yep. virginia tech didn't they made a bunch of mistakes against notre dame and that was a game that they they could have maybe done some stuff in too so Absolutely. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what's your prediction for saturday night Ooh, um i am hoping high scoring um because I think that's that's how Virginia stays in it um, is if the Miami defense gets burnt a little bit. Um, so I I am oof, I am hopeful for a win. I am not yet confident enough to call it. Um, yeah. So I another result similar to the North Carolina State game uh, is I think what I am. Mo- feeling most likely about happening. Okay. So do you still think it'll be a couple possession loss or yeah, couple, couple of possessions, um, you know, more than two touchdowns would be really disappointing. Um, less than two touchdowns would be nice to see. Um, <laughs> obviously a win being the, 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 what we all want to see. Um, but uh yeah, I, I think a, a somewhere in that 10 to 15 point deficit is is about what I think is reasonable. Okay. Who pick give me one guy on the offense and one guy on the defense that is your or one guy in special teams you can pick. Um that is your like player to watch or player that needs to have a good game for Virginia to win. Um I will go Ryan Nelson slash Bobby Haskins, um, whichever of them is playing left tackle more. Um, if yeah, I, I, I really, I come back to that big play thing that if they can keep give Perkins enough time and it, that might mean enough time to get out of the pocket and reset protection on a scramble or on a, uh, a rollout, um, but I, I'm using those, those two guys as a proxy for really the entire offensive line. Uh, but it's, it's that left side, the young side, Perkins' blind side. Um, can they protect him long enough to get the offense going? So that's uh, – surprise, surprise, I choose an offensive lineman. Um, <laughs> how about you? What's your thought? Uh, yeah, I actually think that they're going to win this game, um, but in a really, like, close fashion. And I'm only saying that because I thought when I looked at the schedule – that this stretch was there was a winnable game in here when it came to um, NC State, Miami, Duke. Sure. Um, and I still think that's the case. I just have this really weird feeling about um, 
a ranked team coming in under the lights at Scott Stadium, uh, a little bit more buzz perhaps, like people getting excited about it. Um, things seem to be trending in the right way. Um, they're going to have recruits there. I can't go, so that normally means I'll miss something really cool. <laughs> and I've been told that Brian won't be watching on television, which is normally <laughs> our, our biggest key to victory. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, Brian's <laughs> friends, for keeping him busy. And so it's kind of like I've got this weird feeling, but I think it's going to be something like um, 35-31 or something like that. All right. Uh, but that's just – I don't know. We'll see. Um, and I think Jordan Ellis is going to be a real big indicator of how this game's going. Uh, might be a bit of a cop out, but like I said, they just really couldn't figure out what to get going with him, um, with NC state. And it's not a knock. Like I'm not, they tried, I don't think it was a play calling issue. I don't think it was, you know, an effort issue. Just NC state had a good game plan. And then when it wasn't working, I do appreciate that they did not attempt to keep just trying it and trying it into the ground. And they found other ways for Bryce Perkins to connect with um, his receivers and tight ends and open some other stuff up. But I think that they need to figure out, or if they can get him going, I, I feel much better about how that game is going to go. Um, and defensively, I just always want to go. I'm going to go with my, my boy Zane Zandier if he's getting in there and causing trouble. Um <laughs> Causing mischief, just like making people's lives miserable, then that generally means things are going well. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I don't know. I think it'll be fun. I just hope it's fun. I honestly missed having a game on Saturday. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It was very weird to be like, oh, it's not a relief from the misery. It's like, <laughs> yeah. this fun thing that's been happening the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, my well, dad still made the joke. Like, I know. My dad. No wonder our fans of other teams like this sport so much. I know. My dad was like, "Well, they can't lose this week." I was like, "That's true." Um, the old tried and true bye week joke. I still love it. It's a good. It's an oldie. It's an oldie but goodie. Um, but yeah, I think that it'll be fun. I'm just looking forward to. It. I think it, it has a chance to. There's no real downside. Like they have a chance to make some noise and pick up a big win. And if they lose by 10 points, like it's not the end of the world and no one's really um, like going to throw the, you know, write the team off entirely. So it's right. win-win. I mean, yeah, what's wrong? What, what could go wrong? Um, but yeah, until then I'm just going to eat a bunch of um, Halloween candy. Cause it's almost Halloween. Paul, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Uh you know what? Just I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and stir this pot again. I'm gonna say almond joys. <laughs> it's not almond joys. Terrible. It is definitely almond joys. <laughs> it's not. It's, you know that it's is not? actually not the butterfingers. No, it's garbage candy. <laughs> butterfingers. Yeah, I am put. Come at me, world. At the UVA fool on Twitter for loving almond joys and hating butterfingers. Here's the thing: That's almond joys choice. are trash. Yep. One is the first thing. Um they're just not good here's they're not terrible but in the in the scope of candy bars like why would you ever choose almond joy almond joy is the candy bar that's like left in the drawer that's left in the in the bowl at the like receptionist desk and you just are like you know what i don't really need a candy bar and you just pass on it you're like i'm good i'm good butterfingers are outstanding you just need to avoid the super stale ones from 
like the sheep on 29. <laughs> you do avoid all of them. <laughs> Where like the wafer's Did, a little too crunchy. <laughs> have they manufactured any since the like Simpsons promotional <laughs> deal with them stopped? Like I feel like they made way too many Butterfingers until people kind of like phased out the Simpsons a little bit in like the early 2000s. And, <laughs> and then they just they, haven't made just, any more just, then. Yeah, they have too many and can't get rid of them fast enough <laughs> because I, they are like just tooth cement. They're so good. It's true. It does get stuck to your teeth. Sure. I am any, whichever season it is, I'm partial to the shaped Reese's. Um, like the the pump. How dare you? <laughs> the pumpkins and the trees and the hearts uh, and the eggs. I think the eggs might be the eggs and the pumpkins are probably my two favorite. There's no, a good... see, the eggs. The like the the eggs get the peanut butter ratio off. Like there's too much. No, see, I was just saying, the like there's so much peanut butter. It's so good. No, no, because it's. You, I mean, the peanut butter in Reese's is the direct quality analogy of the coconut in almond joys <laughs> that peanut the reese's in the middle peanut butter is like space astronaut peanut butter that hasn't been mixed with enough no food. it is the best peanut butter out there no reese's. god you are wrong <laughs> oh my gosh we have the voice of god here um no it's the best so i mean they did go too far and like they sell jars of reese's peanut butter which is like it's not even the same stuff obviously it's like yeah it's good peanut butter it is the oh my gosh that is a thing that i will get like a bag of those <laughs> and only eat one at a time because i'm a responsible adult with portion control uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> This is a court of law, Caroline. You are under oath on this podcast. I'm going to look over sometimes and be like, ooh, I got to throw these wrappers away. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel better about myself. The The trees are good, too. Oh, those are my favorite. Um, I'm a big caramel I, fan. I need, no, I need see, caramel like Andy. I'm a huge caramel fan. Not a huge caramel fan. Well, that's <laughs> why you're bad at things. On, is Where are you on um, candy corn? So... I have to have some every year, but I'm not a huge fan of it. It's one of the, like my grandmother either loved it or just kept a lot of it around in the fall. I don't know which one it was. I don't have like an obligation sort of thing, but there was always candy corn around from like my brother's birthday in early September to like well after Thanksgiving. Um, so I would, I would have, chubby little handfuls of it fairly frequently so like i have to have some at some point during the fall now if you start talking bastardizations of like the like chocolate candy corn oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. other weird stuff they do with it no, no i'm 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 full out on that yeah. but a little bit of candy corn for old time's sake yeah i'm with you yeah i gotta get and my I, dose I like to every once in a while i have a couple of those like mallow cream pumpkins but if you have like, there's a very thin line between like, yeah, those were good and I might die. And it's like one. Yeah, it's the line between one and two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a girl, this was back when, we were, when I was in like middle school. She ha had a bag of them before soccer practice. <laughs> and then did not die somehow. <laughs> shout, out, shout out high school metabolism, am I right? <laughs> like, um, but yeah, if, there, if, you, if you go to assign candy corn to an ACC football team <laughs> which team uh, Wake 
because I probably probably experience it once a fall. Yeah, like and that's it's not bad, but you know you're not. Yeah, it's not, I don't have really strong opinions about it. Yeah, like and it. when people trash it, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see your point. <laughs> um, but then you're also kind of like, hey guys, he's up on the. Yeah, it's also when I'm making a list of things. It's the one that I forget belongs there. (laughs) It's the one I never rank in the power rankings. (laughs) Why am I missing one? What do I do with this one? Um, I want to rate Carolina's 17th. Is that possible? (laughs) Good Lord, are they bad. Sneaky awful. Sneaky awful. Sneaky awful. Um, But also, oh, let's talk real quick just to close this out for the um, Streaky Lawn podcast petty move of the week. We'll add it segment when pierce is gone and then ask him to keep it up do you know what i'm talking about paul johnson beating the living hell out of brian van gorder <laughs> the paul johnson petty move of the week um he's been harboring that for like 15 years it's incredible like i'm envious of for those of you who might not know what we're talking about uh paul johnson was the head coach at georgia southern using that that offense that he is known for um, had made made it part of their six national championships in the first 15 years of the school's existence. Um, Paul Johnson, because he's a great coach, then gets hired at Navy, and eventually the next one of the next coaches at Georgia Southern becomes Brian Van Gorder. Brian Van Gorder makes a big deal of bringing the football program into the 21st century, going so far as to create an advertising campaign for the football team, saying there's no option. Um, <laughs> of course, Paul Johnson goes on to do very well at Navy becomes the head coach at Georgia tech. Uh, Brian Van Gorder went like three and eight his first year uh, and, and very promptly flamed out as a head coach before going to be a, a defensive coach. Paul Johnson, while he was at Navy tried to schedule Georgia Southern solely to beat the crap out of Brian. And even Van said that, like he was like, said, you know, like why exactly. do you want to play Georgia Southern so badly? explicitly for the purpose of doing I want to kick the shit out of Notice the timing of all of this. Paul Johnson is still the coach at Navy. It's before Brian Van Gorder becomes the linebacker's coach for the Falcons. We are talking like peak jaw rule, early 2000s (laughs) Atlanta. What would I be without you? Jaw rule from Atlanta, whatever. It is some peak ATL just nastiness. And Paul Johnson – Paul Johnson is the Mike Leach of option football. They are the same person that run completely different offenses, but they are the same person in pettiness. Uh, it was, oh God, it was a thing of beauty. So now Van Gorder is the defensive coordinator at Louisville? Defensive coordinator for Louisville. Yeah. So they, and Paul and he, Johnson proceeds to gang 66 points on it. Well, and there was almost an opportunity for them to play – when Navy played um, Notre Dame and like something happened, like that's right. That's right. Like two years ago about how finally like a Georgia tech, Notre Dame a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. There was something else like Brandon Gorder left right beforehand or something like that. Right. He wasn't at um, Notre Dame, like when they played each other. So the beat down could not occur. Um, So then yes, this past Thursday, um, not only did they win 66 to, 14 or 13 or whatever it was that Louisville managed to put on the scoreboard. Um, They had Georgia tech had 12 passing yards in the game, 12, like two more than 10. (laughs) And they managed to score 66 points on Louisville. 
Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And now everyone's 542 rushing yards. 542 (laughs) rushing yards. It's incredible. That's insane. (laughs) The level of petty is something that I aspire to. Like, it's just so incredible. It's so great. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like good for Paul Johnson. Uh, Louisville fans are now Googling what the buyout is for Petrino, but it's too like much. too much, too much. Uh, so they're going to be hanging out with him in their brand new facility with no fans for the next couple of years. I think, you know, uh, you could do Louisville, just shut down your entire athletic department and just <laughs> blow in the cartridge and reboot. Cause you're about to get that with your basketball team. <laughs> Not great to be accepting, uh, or putting up bribes. Right yeah. Before you're... You shouldn't pay players while you're on probation. Yeah. Anyway, that's, more talking for another day. Um, on that note, on the petty petty move of the day, uh, petty move of the week, Paul Johnson. I think uh, that's about it for this week's podcast. And uh, like we said, Saturday night, ESPN two, I believe seven o'clock, Virginia, Miami, under the lights at Scott Stadium. Check out streakingthelawn.com for all of your basketball countdown needs, as well as, of course football coverage heading into the game and after and for paul and myself um we say good night wahoo prepaid visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a napa legend premium battery its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery so pretty much everyone the napa legend premium battery and 20 dollars back quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores and napa auto care centers limit two per household while supplies last offer ends 228.19 the iPhone 10R is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone 10R on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-Mobile to learn more or visit a store today. <laughs> 